Welcome to the Trinity Reformed Church Podcast. To find out more, check out our website at trinityreformedkirk.com. That's trinityreformedkirk.com. Our exhortation this morning before the confession comes from James 1 verse 20, which says, The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. In Dante's Divine Comedy, the wrathful or the angry are punished in hell, he sees, by eternally wrestling with each other in a sea of mud or being trampled underneath the wrestlers on that mud, uh, depending on the level of severity of their anger in this life. And his depiction of the plight of the angry later when he is visiting purgatory uh, isn't much better. The souls there are made to walk around indefinitely uh, over the mountain of purification until they can make it their way through this mud-thick, black, midnight mist. Uh, either way, though those ideas are fictional, and the doctrine there is certainly dubious, it would be difficult to find images that better capture the essence of anger as James presents it to us here in the first chapter of his epistle. For although it can be righteous, anger as an unchecked passion is a capital vice. It's a head with many tentacles. As we th see throughout Scripture, anger is a root which flowers forth many ugly and bitter fruits. By anger we become susceptible not only to violence, but also to malice, to bitterness, to blasphemy, revenge, and even pity. In cultivating anger, we become opposed to the fruits of charity, to gentleness, forgiveness, goodness, and meekness. And we can say this definitively about anger. It is sinful either when it blows up in outward verbal or physical violence or when it clams up in complacent rage. We see clearly in our own personal lives when anger is present. We lash out. People repeatedly tell us that we are angry persons. We extort pity from those closest to us, and we hold grudges. And Paul is clear and unequivocal in Galatians 5:21 that all who live lives marked by unrepentant anger will not inherit the kingdom of God. But here in James 1.20, there's another layer added. Because we learn that our anger is most treacherous when we as Christians believe that it can be employed on behalf of building the kingdom of God. When James says that our anger does not produce God's righteousness, the righteousness of God, he's not just saying anger isn't godly. No, the righteousness of God that he's addressing in this passage is a technical term that any Jew would have understood when he read this passage. God's righteousness is his action to uphold his end of the covenant that he made with humanity. It's his ability to faithfully keep the promise to bring the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven as he promised to Abraham way back in Genesis chapter 12. Read your Psalms and you'll note that always when the righteousness of God is mentioned, it's in connection to deliverance from enemies and God establishing His presence among His people. We will not get there through anger. 
And so the early Jewish Christians who received this epistle from James, they were seeing anything but what we would call the righteousness of God being established through their Messiah, Jesus. Instead, they saw social affronts, they saw economic trouble, and even physical persecution from the culture around them. In response, apparently, some of them were lashing out verbally and even physically, maybe, against their oppressors and even at each other. And James, in his usual uncolorful staccato, denounces such reaction completely and without qualification. Anger may not always be sinful. And in fact, there are times when a lack of anger would be sinful. Nevertheless, uh, in this case, repaying the oppressive, unbelieving world with anger, for anger, is, as he goes on to say in his epistle, not the way of wisdom, not the way of freedom, and not true religion. Moreover, James isn't digress, uh, addressing here a degree or an intensity of anger. Rather, what makes all anger sinful is its disposition and its direction. These are the sinful errors. It's not from wise and patient faith. Rather, it's from a lack of love or from fear. Fear of death, of danger, fear of a disturbance of our way of life. In sinful anger, we are overly focused on persons and their actions at us rather than the true problems of their sin and ignorance. This is what upsets our Lord Jesus Himself in the Gospels. So sinful anger vents with venom at the world, while righteous anger confronts the world in love. Sinful anger further breaks the communion that's supposed to exist between God and men, while righteous anger seeks to restore that communion between God and men. But even when we have righteous anger, as we call it, we are given explicit limits on when that anger should end, namely at sundown, as Paul tells us in Ephesians 4.26. So we see here that the way of wisdom is this. Cultivating hatred of things evil, James suggests, is not the way of wise freedom. This is the way of cultivating our love. How do we do that? James tells us three ways. Meekly receiving the word, uh, learning to hold our tongues, and giving ourselves for the life of the world. This is the way of wisdom. This is what we are to cultivate, not hatreds, but loves. Which we are to practice, putting away anger, uh, in our households and in the household of God, so that we may extend it to the rest of the world. So the question this morning is simple, uh, but it's not simplistic. Are you angry? And more than that, have you been duped by the devil into believing that employing anger can be done in service of the kingdom of God? Our Lord graciously invites us then to repentance this morning. And the good news that fuels our repentance is this. The thrice holy God of heaven. He who had all rights to be angry at you and me for our sin and our ignorance. When he came, laid that down in love on the cross so that we who deserve to be the objects of heaven's wrath might have true and lasting peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So this morning, receive the grace that is offered to you and turn from your anger, whether it's personal or public Turn from it 
seek counsel, seek restitution. Do as Paul tells you, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. For only then will the mud and the mist of malice be cleared away so that we may see the kingdom come. Thanks for listening. To find out more, check out our website at trinityreformedkirk.com. That's trinityreformedkirk.com.